0: look clean, aren't you? Except for your tower.
1: You're a tower junkie, Roland. Hello and welcome to Tower Junkies, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. Tower Junkies is a podcast celebrating the work of Stephen King with a special focus on his magnum opus, The Dark Tower series. We discuss the themes, characters, and mythology of the series in Palaver episodes, and review the books and comic series in Kef episodes. We also discuss non-Tower King novels, TV and film adaptations of King's work, and the latest news about all things that serve the King. You can find more of our work at towerjunkiespod.com and follow us on every level of social media at Tower Junkies Pod. I am, of course, your for one of your hosts, Matt Hurt, and with me today, as usual, is Tiny. Hey guys! Hi, Tiny. How's it going? It's good. It's good. 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 Um, we just recorded a special Patreon exclusive thing, which you can find at Patreon.com/slash ObsessiveViewer. Um, yeah, you get access, to, if you pe- pledge a dollar, you get access to an RSS feed that's just full with just bullshit, um, <laughs> recordings. <laughs> and, uh, if you pledge five dollars or more, you get access to videos of us talking about movies we see and stuff. So, um, on that note, Tiny, how do you feel about Patreon and stuff? How do you feel about the, what we just went through? <laughs> uh, ecstatic. Yes. Well, that's very nice of you. <laughs> I was yes. very laid back recording this time. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> Um, but I do have a couple of, you know, let's just dive right into it. So, so let me introduce what we're actually doing this episode. <laughs> uh, we are going to be reviewing both the novella In the Tall Grass by Stephen King and Joe Hill and the movie adaptation written and directed by Vincenzo Natali uh, on Netflix, In the Tall Grass, which came out last week, um, on Netflix. So, we're, we're kind of like the Tommy Knockers episode we did. We're doubling up. Uh, I, I chose to do that mostly because, I mean, it's a novella, so it's, it's a fairly short read. Yeah. Um, and also, it'll be fun to kind of deconstruct, like, the differences and stuff. So um, we're going to do that. But before we do that, we have a couple of news items and some check-ins, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with the news. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, ordinarily, I would... Piece together a bunch of news items, and then we would kind of go through it. But um, kind of flying by the seat of my pants. Um, the big news that happened. So first of all, let's 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 quiet down the the big news. Um, <laughs> a couple of little promotional stuff that happened uh, today. They released or showed the first or uh, not first, but uh, two new posters for Doctor Sleep, the movie. Oh yeah. Yeah, and man do they look good. Mm-hmm. There is one that's just uh all kind of all red and it shows adult Dan like in front of the elevators of the overlook with uh small Danny on the uh the uh big wheel. The big wheel, yeah. Yeah. And it's just it's, oh, it's so great and it says something like dare to come back or something like that
2: and it has like a very like vintage 70s kind
1: of feel to it which is super cool. Oh yeah. It's just God, it looks so good. And then did you see the international poster? I don't know if I saw that one. Oh, it's, it's sweet. Let me bring it up here real quick. Okay. So, uh, God, this isn't, this is a new background I'm going to make. Um, so, uh, yeah. So here's the, here's the red one. Oh, that's cool. It looks so cool. Um, and I love how prominent it is that it says Stephen King's Doctor Sleep. I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And then the international one is so, so cool. Oh, nice. It's yellow. It's got Dan through the uh, the doorway uh, that Jack uh, busted down with the axe. Um, just so, so good. And the tagline is, dare to go back. Um, but I think I'm going to make the red one my uh, uh, phone background. Um, cool. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of phone backgrounds, the... Do you, <laughs> Do you want to know what it's replacing on my phone background? Sure. Um, It is replacing the cover art for the new Stephen King book that's coming out in May (laughs) uh, If It Bleeds. Oh yeah. Um, So did you, I I sent this to you did you read up on it or look through it or anything? I did. I saw like the
2: little summary slash excerpt of what it's about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So.
1: Yep. It is, well it is a collection of four novellas. Mm-hmm. um there are four stories on it I can't remember the titles we'll find out closer to may or it's the information's out there <laughs> yeah one of them is the titular it if it bleeds which is a Holly gibney story right which um I'm 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 really excited that this is going to be a collection um because we made a uh we commented on it when the news kind of first broke back in like May. Hiccups, back in like May, when when he just said like his next book is called If It Bleeds, um, because he had said that oh he's going to be writing Holly Gibney stories for for the foreseeable future. Okay. And I kept thinking like, and we talked about this in in a, maybe the Pet Cemetery review. I don't know, but we talked about how it. We weren't that interested in Holly Gibney (laughs) as a main character, and like I was kind of, maybe I didn't vocalize it this way, but like I was kind of disappointed that the next Stephen King book was going to be a Holly Gibney story. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is great because it's four stories. Presumably, only the one is a Holly Gibney story. Yeah. Um, And I'm just I'm looking forward to it because I I, I've thought about this before that he hasn't had a collection of short stories or a collection of novellas or anything since the Bazaar of Bad Dreams, which I think was in, like, 2012. Okay. Um, so it's been a very long time for him. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I've already got it pre-ordered on Amazon. <laughs> nice. Um, it comes out... It is going to release on May 5th, 2020. And, uh, hmm. I, I love the, um, the cover art of it. Did you see oh, that? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. a kitty. Yep. Yeah, it's a kitty. And if you look in the nose, the nose it's a so rat. A... Okay. I yeah. think. Or a mouse. Yeah. Um, just looks ve- like the color of the background. It's like kind of this, uh, kind of light, light brown. Mm hmm. Would you say?
2: Yeah. Tan orangish. Tan kinda.
1: orangish, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's exciting. And there is an excerpt from it, um, which is pretty exciting. Like the excerpt is actually pretty. Awesome.
2: Um, yeah, uh, it was encouraging.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because
2: um, it seems like it's not going to be like a straight up, we follow Holly Gibney for the story. It seems like she's kind of reaching out to another detective. Right. Um, from uh, from The Outsider. The Outsider, yeah. Right. Which
1: I'd forgotten that he was a character in The Outsider. I need to read The Outsider <laughs> again. Um, the other stories, so it's If It Bleeds, and then the other stories are... Um, why does this, why does it not say? Sorry, I'm sorry.
2: Did they, they did announce what the other stories are, though?
1: They did, yes. So it is, uh, if it bleeds, Rat, The Life of Chuck, and Mr. Harrigan's Phone. Hmm. Um, so that's exciting, I'm excited. And it's cool because his son, Joe Hill, just released, I haven't listened to it yet, but he just released, uh, Full Throttle, which is his collection of short stories, in which, um, in the tall grass appears oh okay so yeah nice Uh, yep so that uh, oh the big news crap we haven't talked about this at all um (laughs) casting for (laughs) the stand production starting for the stand yes uh yes so big news first of all i would just want to say um there was this pretty cool thing that josh boone posted on or uh, mick garris posted it it was mick garris and josh boone on the set of josh boone's the stand (laughs) It's just cool because like Mick Garris made the TV mini series, right? Um, pretty exciting. Nice, yeah. But we've already ta- we we talked about Alexander Skarsgård, didn't we? On I the think podcast? I think we did, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I think I don't know. Well, yeah,
2: I'm encouraged by that casting. Oh, me too. Casting choice. Yeah. He's gonna
1: be he's gonna be a great Randall Flag. Yeah. And what's interesting is I recently re-listened to some uh, older episodes because I'm a narcissist, but. Um, the, <laughs> the other casting news is that Nat Wolf is playing, uh, Harold, uh, no, no not Harold, but Lloyd Hen- Henry, Um, the guy, like one of, uh, Flag's kind of disciples, um, that he meets in the prison. Uh, and this is exciting for a couple of reasons. One, I just, I love Nat Wolf. He's, he's a great young actor. And then also, um, like he was my pick for years ago to be um nick andros
2: great, yeah he'd be perfect for he that he
1: would be and i mean granted they've got oh crap oh the guy this guy that was in like a couple episodes of 13 reasons why um which i'm sure he's gonna do fine mm-hmm. but uh but yeah uh i'm just excited that nat wolf is gonna be in this because i think he's he's great and he has a good working history with josh boone nice um so yeah how are you feeling about the stand where are like are you how much are you looking forward to it are you looking forward to all of the podcast stuff we're gonna have to do for (laughs) it
2: yeah i mean i'm looking forward to it i I still just have tiniest bit of hesitation because it's Mm -hmm. cbs yeah which i think i mentioned in a past
1: episode yeah um i've got i don't know i've got the, i've got the matziest uh bit of hesitation um (laughs) Okay, because you said the teniest. oh, I did, yeah, I
2: did. You're hilarious. Thank you. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I get that. Have you uh, looked into like doing like Amazon for CBS All Access or anything? Um,
2: no, I probably should once that comes around. Mm. But it's not even just the fact that I wasn't thrilled with that service. It's just mm. the fact that it's network and yeah. it. Uh, man, the stand would be so great on HBO or Showtime or Netflix or. Hulu. Yeah,
1: but they like they are allowed to have that much. Like the like Joshman said it's gonna be like HBO level. Yeah. Maybe right. not in terms of money, but I'm I'm
2: sure it is, but it's yeah. still like HBO is practiced in mm-hmm. in their quality and CBS All Access isn't.
1: It's still kind of untested. Right. Okay. I yeah, I can I can pick up Trip in.
2: So, but I hope I'm wrong. Like I said I think I said that as well. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's great and they knock it out of the park. And yeah. that's the fact that it's on CBS is one part of the equation. Yeah. And pretty much every other part of the equation. I'm a huge fan of and right. I'm really enthusiastic for um, if it were like if it were on Netflix or HBO, I'd be looking shit up on it every day right. and like super excited. Nice, because um, yeah, uh, yeah, all the casting and the creative side mm-hmm. are just almost perfect. Yep, really. totally. So,
1: um, kind of on a similar note, mm. um, the other this is di- let's should we should we go ahead and do Stephen King check-ins? Okay, yeah. Okay, I've I've got a few. Um but brief ones. Um kind of leapfrogging off of our just our conversation just now about the stand, um creep show. Mm-hmm. It is has been revived by uh Shudder and it is currently in the midst of its uh first season on Shudder. Um produced executive produced show ran all that by uh Greg Nicotero. And it is adapting One story from it's it's six episodes. Each episode has two stories to it. Of those twelve total stories, one I believe is a Joe Hill story, and another is a Stephen King story. Hmm. Now the Stephen King story was the first episode, the first story in the first episode of the series, and that's the only one that I've watched so far. Um, It is adapted from his um, Night Shift short story, Gray Matter. And mm. <laughs> um, I'll go ahead and go into my check-in. I have it on Shutter. I I subscribed to Shutter through Amazon Prime. Um, this first segment is so good. Like it's it's so like it's it's exactly what I wanted out of it. Um, very just there's it's gross, but it's also just that the, like tension building. Tobin is it Tobin Bell, isn't it? Oh, um, uh, jigsaw. jigsaw. Yeah. Okay and uh it's just it's so good and there are a few like r- <laughs> really cool uh Stephen King easter eggs nice um like the first the like the one that I'll let kind of slip here is uh the story is about these these guys like a sheriff and and kind of a drinking buddy and whatever during a winter? no i think i'm maybe confusing it with something else but uh during like a storm who uh they're in a convenience store that's owned by the guy, I think, but anyway, uh this kid comes in says like I'm here to pick up a beer pick up a case of beer for my dad, and it's basically we learn that something is off with the dad, and the hmm. the sheriff and the and the guy go to investigate. I'll leave it at that. But the, one of the cool Stephen King references is that when the kid shows up and they open the door for him, it's like raining and everything, it's storming. Um, like they open the door and he's just wearing like a yellow rain slicker, like mm. rain hat, just like Georgie. Yeah. It's just uh, like the little touches like that were just, were just really good. Nice. Um, but yeah, and I, I really liked that segment. It was one of my, cause I recently read Night Shift and it was one of, Kind of the middle of the road short stories for me of that collection. Mm-hmm. But it was it was really good in its adaptation. So sweet. Yeah, so are you going to watch Creepshow at all? I know you talked about privately to me about mm-hmm. uh joining Shudder, possibly.
2: Well is it is it are they releasing another a new episode every week, basically? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: I think the final episode's gonna be like okay.
2: Halloween and then it'll it'll be like available yes okay for a while i'll yeah. probably wait till it's all out frankly mm-hmm. and then just maybe in november i'll get the subscription for a month and watch mm-hmm. them i don't um, blame you there yeah. i'm just kind of loaded up with subscriptions so yeah yeah especially that. during football season we have cbs uh, all yeah. access because of uh colt's games mhm it's the best way one of the best ways to watch them so gotcha yeah i just got tons of subscriptions and so okay yeah, even though it's really affordable, what is it? Six, seven dollars? I think it's like five. Yeah. So yeah. totally affordable.
1: Yeah. I get it though. Because yeah. what's the point of actually getting it if you don't have the time to watch it? Right, right. Um having said that, uh you've seen the original creep show movie. I have. I was I was
2: like a kid. I was like a mm. Pre teen tween, last time I saw it. Um, mm. But I remember it being like some of it being scary, some of it being campy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, for the most part, enjoying it. And I'd like to see it again. Nice. Definitely.
1: I think we should definitely do a review, an episode we'll do something we'll figure something out okay and there's a piece of trivia <laughs> that i want to drop on you right now but i kind <laughs> of also want to hold off until after like when we actually do the thing so okay i don't know when yeah, if you remember this whenever we do get around to covering it don't look it up like don't look up the first movie just don't like don't browse imdb okay yeah um and don't do that now that I've told you not to do that. Okay. Um, so, so just to keep my ducks in a row, go ahead and look it up on IMDb. <laughs> um, but yeah, just such a fun uh, Easter egg there. But um, I recently watched Creepshow, and it's exactly what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I thought it was going to be like over the top, cheesy, and and like too like too much but it was like the perfect amount of camp cheesiness mm-hmm. and like I had seen like gifs and like very short clips of Stephen King in his segment um mm-hmm. and I thought like oh god that looks like just coked out Stephen King just yeah hamming it up and everything <laughs> um but in context of it like I thought it was incredible. Like It kind of works, yeah. Really good. Like I thought the performance was great. Yeah. And yeah. Um Goofy is all hell, but just something about it clicked and I think part of that is that he's like the only person in that in right. that segment. Um but yeah, I just man, I really liked Creepshow. I'm I need to go and watch Creepshow 2, but I've heard it's not as good. Okay. But that first one is just whew, I I really liked it. Nice. Um other check ins. Do you have any check ins? Uh
2: just that I'm doing my second read through of uh Doctor Sleep. hmm Um yes. and we haven't talked about that yet, but it's right. kind of in preparation for that and then mm-hmm. in preparation for the movie uh coming out November eighth, which yes. sucks. You're gonna be I will I will be in Louis that'll be my last day it's supposed to be my last day of training. Yeah. But I think I'm getting signed up for another week in louisville right after that like oh, and so God. i'm just gonna stay down there and so like opening weekend i'm I'm, I'm gonna miss it
1: that sucks and then
2: the weekend after that i won't have seen my wife for two weeks so it's right. kind of gonna be like hey i see you later i'm gonna go see a movie she to be like uh no you're not yeah so yeah I, I, it sucks i don't know do what i'm think gonna you'd see
1: be it able to like after training's done for a day or whatever go and check it out it's definitely possible and i
2: might i might do that mm-hmm. um but we'll see.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's rough.
2: Yeah. And so what we were planning is I, I'm I'm down there from Monday to Friday, mm-hmm. and Pages was going to come down that Friday, and we were going to mm-hmm. get our own hotel for the weekend. Okay. and Have a weekend there. Mm-hmm. But now
1: <laughs> signed up for another.
2: F- signed up for a hold though. We'll hold next week. And God. so yeah, I just I don't know when. Ugh. But if there's a theater nearby, I might like Uber it and oh yeah, you know uh, one night and go see it because i really want to i really want to see it yeah
1: oh yeah so oh that's that sucks yeah um yeah well i'm gonna see it opening weekend (laughs) and i'll probably do a patreon video um what i might do depending on time i maybe i'll have like a uh an obsessive viewer episode okay so that we can get something out quick Mm -hmm. um and then we'll save tower junkies for when you can see it and Cool. Do it. Nice. Um, so, yeah. So, on that note, um, I don't really have... I th- I know I said I had a bunch of check-ins, but I can't really think of any others um, that I really had. i listened to Firestarter. I feel like I've said that before. Um... Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll just breeze past it. <laughs> All right. All right. So, we're going to be reviewing In the Tall Grass, the novella first, and then the movie. Um, so, yeah, let's just dive right in. So, the novella from Stephen King and Joe Hill. Um, I said that like I have information in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Um, hang on. I'm going to actually look this up. I get so annoyed whenever. And I mean, granted, this is. I don't know. It's commonplace on the internet, but, like, whenever anything in pop culture happens, um, like, if there's anything released in pop culture, there's always, like, entertainment blogs and stuff um, saying, like, oh, the ending of this explained. And oh, yeah. I don't know. Clickbait. Yeah. And it's like. It's like, oh, the ending of in the tall grass, explained, Hmm. or whatever. It's like...
2: did that need explaining? Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, eh. I keep thinking, like, every time I see that, it sounds, and this is maybe me projecting onto it, but it just sounds, like, so condescending. Yeah. (laughs) Like, hey, you're too stupid to actually pay attention when you consume media. (laughs) Let me explain it for you, you fucking idiot. Wow. Um... Anyway, I just saw a, like the autocomplete for Google was in the tall grass explained. Oh god. Uh, that's what prompted that. So um, suck. yep, I might keep that. Oh fucking god, huh? I might keep that in. I don't know, oh oh. I I don't know. Um, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> In the Tall Grass is a horror novella written by Stephen King and his son, Joe Hill. It was originally published in two parts in the June and July, June, July, and August, uh, 2012 issues of Esquire magazine. Um, this was their second collaboration since Throttle, which was published in 2009. Uh, did I say what year?
2: Two thousand
1: twelve. Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so then uh on October 9th of twenty twelve, in the tall grass was released uh separately in a uh ebook and audiobook format. Uh audiobook is read by Stephen Lang on Audible. And uh it was recently collected into um Joe Hill's full throttle uh short story collection. Yep. And that was released on October first. So just uh about a week ago, uh, so yes. Uh, Plot summary of *In the Tall Grass*, courtesy of Audible, is Mile Eighty One meets N in this collaboration between Stephen King and Joe Hill. As USA Today said of Stephen, Stevie- <laughs> as USA Today said of Stephen King's *Mile 81, "Park and scream." Could there be any better place to set a horror story than on than an abandoned rest stop? In the Tall Grass begins with a sister and brother who pull off to the side of the road after hearing a young boy crying for help from beyond the tall grass. Within medi- within minutes, they are disoriented and deeper than in deeper than seems possible, and they've lost one another. The boys' cries are more and more desperate. What follows is a terrifying, entertaining, and masterfully told tale as only Stephen King and Joe Hill can deliver. So, Tiny, you read In the Tall Grass before I did, mm-hmm. um, and I know you had some maybe mixed feelings feelings about it uh yeah. how do you feel about in the tall grass um I, I i thought it was okay
2: basically um i wasn't super into it um i think it's a cool idea the whole you know people getting lost in tall grass essentially uh, mm-hmm. you know pulling off to the side of the road um i, I think it's a cool idea uh and like the lengths that that eventually goes to um But for whatever reason, it's... I realize it's, you know, it's a novella, and it's... Mm-hmm. I think it was like six hours long or something like that, the, oh, the it was, audiobook.
1: It was an hour and 45 minutes. Was it? Yeah. It's like 80 pages long. Jeez, I thought it was longer
2: than that. No. Oh, man. Okay. Um... Well, it felt really quick. <laughs> that's what that was one of my issues with it. I felt like the story was being rushed along. Okay, really quickly. Sure. Um, like, and it's not like every novella feels that way because mm-hmm. when I listened to uh, Elevation, yeah, um, I didn't feel that. I, I felt like Stephen King was taking his time. So I don't know if it was maybe the addition of Joe Hill, like the fact that they collaborated on it. Maybe that's part of his style that I didn't connect with, but. It just felt rushed, and it felt like I didn't have time to familiarize myself with the characters and the setting, and the dynamic of mm. the, how the story was going to progress. It was just like, okay, here's the character, boom. Now we're into this. Like, whoa, oh, hang on, I want to get used to this character still. We're, I'm still trying to figure out who they are, and like, mm-hmm. it just it went a little too fast for me, and okay. uh, I, I think I absorbed a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I listened to it six weeks ago or so. So it's been okay. it's been a little while. Um, but I, I don't even remember a lot about it, frankly. Like I, d- I just I wasn't that into it. I was at the end. I was like, I oh, was that was okay. You know, mm-hmm. it was kind of an interesting idea for a story, but I just wasn't that into it.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Have you Have you read slash Have you seen Children of the Corn? Because obviously, people I have don't compare this with that. Okay, yeah. Um, I
2: have. I saw the movie. Okay. Um, from like the 80s or whatever. Did it have Mark Hamill in it?
1: No, it had Linda Hamilton.
2: Linda Hamilton.
1: And I saw it like,
2: someone, obviously, yeah. oh, well over a decade ago.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't
2: know what movie I'm trying to think of that had Mark Hamill like as uh, a priest. Star Wars? <laughs> no, I don't know. Anyways, yeah. um, I thought it was short on the corn. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I've, I've seen that. And again, I think that's... A, I, I'd like to... You know, maybe revisit that. Mm-hmm. Um, you
1: haven't read the short story, though. I have not read the oh, short okay. story, but um, it, I've i read the short story and I watch. I've seen the movie, but it's been a while. Um, I actually started watching it on Hulu like a while ago, um, but I just my kind of just turned it off after like five minutes. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, so, uh, but there are comparisons to be made and everything. The short story is similar to, the, the novella of In the Tall Grass is similar somewhat to Children of the Corn. It's kind of like a mix between Children of the Corn and Mile 81, which okay. was another short story by Stephen King. Um, but the short story, the novella, this was interesting to me because this was actually the first uh, Joe Hill thing that I Consumed. Okay. Uh, first time I ever like read or listened to anything Joe Hill, and maybe going into it with that knowledge made me more primed to uh, take in the story because it felt like it felt uh, there was it felt like there was more energy to it than what I would be accustomed from a Stephen King short story. Not anything against Stephen King, but like I just felt like there were moments of intense horror that is more like intense than I'm used to from like latter day Stephen King. Sure. Um, like I, I was listening to it at work and I'm sitting there doing my work. Uh, one of my coworkers is sitting across from me. She got up at some point, went, did something away from her desk and then came back. And like, it was at a pivotal point in the novella and the <laughs> Um, I won't give away what it is because I figure we can talk about that in spoilers. But um, there was a point toward the end where like things were happening, and like I was just sitting there, just staring at my screen, at my at my computer, at my desk, and I just had my mouth just gaping open. Um, <laughs> and I was just listening to it, like, "Oh, are they really doing this right now?" <laughs> and then my coworker passed by, and I was like. It was one of those things where I was so wrapped up in it that I didn't even care if I looked deranged or like freaked out or looked like <laughs> weird in any way. Yeah. Like, like my coworker passing by me did not factor into, like did not phase me at all. <laughs> yeah. But I just had this dumb look on my face as I'm just staring at the computer screen, uh, <laughs> listening to the story. Wow. Um, so on that front, I was really engaged by it uh by the uh the story element of it um it did take a little bit of time to kind of get going for me um i had to kind of start it over cuz i got distracted um but once i kind of got my bearings on it i was really invested in it and once um i what i'll say is the concept like them being lost in the tall grass in the way that it disorients them is so so fascinating to me and I it's something that I was looking forward to in the movie and spoiler alert, it didn't disappoint me in the movie. Sweet. So yeah, so I really liked this novella and um, I forgot to mention this in the check-ins <laughs> but uh, it inspired me to start listening to more Joe Hill stuff. So I listened to 20th Century Ghosts, which was his debut short story collection um, and kind of the same thing. I was kind of riding the high from, um, in the tall grass in like, it felt like there were moments or like there were certain aspects of certain stories in that collection that just really, really worked for me. And just, it felt like a young writer, um, even though he was 33 when he, when that book was published, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, but a young writer kind of not, not prove, not trying to prove himself, but he, it was like clear he had something to say. Yeah. And like, it was just a fresh new voice, um, for it, but then and I also listened to Twentieth Century Ghosts, which I thought was pretty okay. Okay, all, right. all right, yeah. Um, so yeah, so any other thoughts on the novella? How how'd you feel about Stephen Lang's uh, narration?
2: I thought he was pretty good. I I wanted it to be longer just to continue to hear his voice. Yeah. Um, I thought it made me realize. I think I know I've seen him in other performances, mm-hmm. but obviously, like my go-to performance for Stephen lang as avatar mm-hmm. and i didn't realize like how much he was like acting up and changing his voice for that movie oh you know, yeah he's got, like the very the, the very gruff like military mm-hmm. voice in that movie and i i found his voice a lot more like soothing and yeah, surprisingly in this. So. yeah and like uh comforting kind of like a mm-hmm. I don't know a wise a wise man's voice i guess i don't yeah. know Almost like Tommy Lee Jones or something like that. You um, can see that, but yeah, he just had. I, I, I appreciated his his voice, um, but I I really should have listened to it again before this recording because mm-hmm. I I did not retain enough of the the novella the novella. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't.
1: Well, to be fair, the there really isn't a lot to yeah to uh, retain from it. But did you kind of sidetrack? Did you see the movie Don't Breathe? I
2: don't think so. Came out a
1: couple of years ago. uh, Horror. He's like a blind guy. Blind guy. Yeah.
2: I don't think I ever did. I see that. I can't remember.
1: Um, it's good. Yeah, I think (laughs) it's solid. It's it's, it's it's very solid. I would say. Okay. Um, but there's his performance is is the standout. It's really good. Nice. Um, so yeah. So. Anything else about the novella Or should we move on to the movie We can go to the movie as far as I'm concerned Okay cool yeah. So the novella in the tall grass Was adapted into a feature film On Netflix uh, Directed and written by Vincenzo Natale And let me bring it up on IMDB and we'll do that uh, While I do that here's a clip from the Trailer no! I'm
0: lost in here. Did you hear that
1: someone out there Help me! Help me! okay so uh in the tall grass stars lazla de Oliveira <laughs> as becky uh avery witted as cal patrick wilson as ross humboldt Uh, Will Bowie Jr. as Tobin, and there are some other people as well. Um, So, as I said, written and directed by Vincenzo Natale. This is a guy who I was very interested in seeing him tackle a Stephen King um, adaptation. Um, He, uh, really, I've only really seen his work um i think he did one episode of season one of westworld but he also did some episodes of hannibal six episodes in total uh which just had a very distinct visual uh flair to it cool um but he also did splice um cypher in 2002 uh the movie cube from 1997 oh. um, which i've heard really great things about that is a good movie Yep, uh, and then, uh, yeah, one episode of Lost in Space on Netflix, so um, hmm. keeping it in the Netflix family. Sweet. So, yeah, plot summary, courtesy of IMDb, is after hearing a young boy's cry for help, a sister and brother venture into a vast field of tall grass in Kansas, but soon discover there may be no way out and that something evil lurks within. Uh, so, Tiny, how did you feel about uh, In the Tall Grass, the movie, in non-spoilers? Uh, I liked it
2: better. I retained yes. a lot more from the movie than I yeah. did the book. Um, I, I think the standout for me was Vincenzo Natali as a director. Mm, nice. um, visually, it was very effective. Mm-hmm. I feel like the set, the set of the, the of the grass, and the way that the uh, all the details and the minutia of that mm-hmm. the the field of grass uh, was just really encapsulating and, and like the the color palette just worked. You know, it wasn't just a sea of green. Like there was yes. a lot of texture to the, the visuals of that, that being lost because that's 90% of the movie. Yeah. You know, it's and gotta, it's opening, gotta work.
1: Right. And that yeah. opening shot, that's just a, a sky like a overhead shot of the, yeah. bass, just slowly zooming in as the music builds. That was like very, very good, like tone establishment.
2: Definitely. I loved that. Yeah. Um, But the, the word that just kept popping into my head, as I saw the, the grass was just the word texture. Mm. Like, I feel like I could feel what that grass feels yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? And it just, he just captured that really well, like showing their feet sinking mm. into the soft ground yeah. and stuff like that. And um, f- focusing in on the wind and like the sound of the blades of grass rubbing together it just had he just hit all the hit all the texture notes i think and it just like i could i could feel it as well as hear it and see it and stuff like that it just he just he just kind of nailed that him and his Mm -hmm. team um and it all looked really good uh it wasn't just the grass but like the uh like the rock that's in the that's featured or the stone or whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. that's, that's featured um had a lot of good detail to it and it was you know it was. A uh, pretty unique feature of the mm. movie, I think. Um, but ag- but again, the the issue cropped up that it's super quick and like you just jump right into it, yeah. and it's like cropped you don't. Yeah, <laughs> <up. laughs> that, that was <laughs> unintentional. Nice, unintentional pun. But uh, yeah, like I, it j- you're just right there, and boom, you're you're right in the thick of it, and it's mm-hmm. like there's there's just not enough time to get invested in the characters. Um, and yeah. so it's, it's harder to care. Um, but I think the characters ha- actually had a little bit more depth in the movie than, mm-hmm. than in the, than in the book for me. Um, again, it's hard to remember the book, but, uh, or the novella, but mm. it, you know, I, I think it's cool. Like I, uh, I'd be fine recommending it to, to anybody to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I liked it. Patrick Wilson uh, is just so. He's just so Patrick Wilson. Oh, yeah? Like, I don't... He, sometimes, like, he's fine. Like, I've never been like, man, I can't wait to see Patrick Wilson in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like him typically... Or I think maybe I like him a little bit better when he's playing a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the only time I've really loved Patrick Wilson is Hard Candy. Oh, yeah. I think he was great in that movie. But, like, Watchmen and uh, uh, that weird movie with... Uh, Jackie Earl Haley, I don't remember what that was called, where Jackie oh. Earl Haley got nominated for an Oscar. Oh. That was a weird movie. Um, was some it
1: Little I- Children? Yes. Okay. I oh, think yeah, because Patrick Wilson was in that. Patrick Wilson in that. I thought that was weird that he was in that and Hard Candy.
2: Yeah, um, definitely. So, yeah, I, just, I feel like he's just... I don't know. I, he's fine. <laughs> Interesting. He's just fine. I don't, I don't love him or hate him. Hmm. I don't get excited for him or... Loathe that he's in a movie. Like, it's just. Mm-hmm. He's just very vanilla to me.
1: That's really interesting because I'm i a reasonably big fan of his. Really? Um, yeah. Oh, he was also in Bone Tomahawk. Um, was he? Yeah. He <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> was he? Um,
2: well, because I know that Matt Fox is in that movie too. Yes. And I feel like they're like they're brothers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um <laughs> No, he was the. He was the guy, like the husband. Yeah. He was the one that was not, like, equipped for the yeah. you know, trip or whatever. Now I remember him. He had yeah, some kind okay. of, like, leg injury, too. That's right. Um, but yeah, I, 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 something about him, I think he has a certain charisma to him that I just, I like seeing him in things. Really? Okay. Um, of course, he's in the Conjuring movies, which I've seen, like, two of them.
2: Yeah, that's the other. I'm not, I'm not big on the Conjuring.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was also in a movie, um, I, oh, I think I wrote a review of this back in like 2014. <laughs> um, like a direct to, uh, digital, uh, movie called Stretch, hmm. where he, pl- I'm just going to go ahead and read the plot summary. <laughs> a hard luck limo driver struggles to go straight and pay off a debt to his bookie. He takes on a job with a crazed passenger whose sought after ledger implicates some seriously, seriously dangerous criminals. <laughs> um, it's actually a lot of fun, and there's a ton of people in this movie that's really good. So hmm. I recommend checking out uh, Stretch. It's directed by Joe Carnahan, who did Narc and okay. Smoking Aces.
2: Wasn't he also in one of the seasons of Fargo?
1: He was. I think he was in season two of Fargo. Okay. Um, yeah, Which but, I haven't seen, but yeah, um, I don't have bad things to say about him. That's the thing. Right. Like, I, he's not a bad he's actor very, by he's any stretch. Bland. Yeah. Yeah. He's not bad, but. Yeah, I, I don't know, something about him I just, I like, and I really liked his, to bring it back to our actual <laughs> review, um, I thought he was phenomenal in this, honestly. Oh, really? Um,
2: oh, yeah, I thought he was good, too. Like, I actually, yeah. I, I w- didn't get there, but yeah, yeah like, yeah. I I, th- I actually kind of liked him in this. Oh, um, nice. Like I said, I think I like him a little bit better when he's playing a bad guy. Mm-hmm. because um, he's too vanilla, like, next-door-neighbor-dad type. Yeah. When he's playing a good guy. Um... But, like, in this it worked, uh, and I think he was, he was, like, pretty imposing. Mm-hmm. I, I actually, yeah, I, I appreciated his performance in this.
1: Yeah, I really liked his, from from the jump, like, his first scene where he meets Becky in the tall grass, mm-hmm. Um and he, like, has this kind of exasperated, like, breathy, kind of, like, out of breath kind of. like energy to him Mm -hmm. and he's like telling her like yeah i can get you out of here we just and we can find cal and everything it's like he's very assertive but there's this kind of hint of just something like an instability within him that Hmm. it's it's played really well and it kind of makes for a compelling introduction to his character because you don't know what the fuck's going on yeah um but yeah, I thought he did a uh, did a really good job. I would say he was probably the standout actor.
2: Definitely for me, yeah. Yeah. I also forgot that he could sing.
1: Oh yeah. Cuz
2: I think one of his early famous roles was uh Family of the Opera. That's right. With uh Gerard Butler and Emmy Rossum. Yep. He was the I'm not super familiar with Family of the Opera, but he was mm-hmm. the like good guy. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Um but he was like he has a really great singing voice. Nice. Um which he used in this movie. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah he was, I th- I thought he did a pretty good job.
1: Yeah. Uh were you able to discern any and maybe this is something for later in the episode but were you able to discern any of the changes from the book?
2: No, no. Okay. I really wasn't.
1: Okay. okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um you know, I'll save that for spoilers. Okay. Um, But what I'll say is that I had a tough time kind of getting into this movie at first. Okay. Um In fact, I started watching it, like, that Friday night when it was released. Uh Started watching it that night, and I was, like, legitimately, like, all day, all day at work, I was like, I'm really excited for this. I'm excited to go home and, like, just watch this movie. And I was just, I was really excited to check it out because I enjoyed the novella, and... It's a Stephen King adaptation, so I was like, it's yeah. in my wheelhouse. Uh, but for some reason, I just... I think I had other stuff going on, but I was also like... It it was like midnight, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I should probably watch In the Tall Grass. Yeah. So, I'm laying on the couch, I'm watching In the Tall Grass, and I, like, in preparation for it, I had re-listened to the novella at work. Um Because, like I said, it's only an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. Breeze through it. So, I'm, like, watching it, and... I'm noticing, like, I mean, granted, an an adaptation of a novella isn't gonna go page for page or anything, like, there's, it's obviously going to be expanded, and it's an, that's the nature of adaptations, they're adapted. Um, but, it reaches a point where, technically, in the novella, like, the novella ends. (laughs) um at the point at a point in the movie and i was like oh well this is interesting they're in, and like they introduce like another character and they they really like they expand upon that Mm -hmm. but then i stopped and i was like oh this has to be almost over and i'm like this is 17 minutes in (laughs) like (laughs) i'm like barely like it's an hour and 40 minute movie right and i'm sitting there and i'm like 17 minutes (laughs) like it feels like i've been watching this forever yeah and I was like, I was laying here and then I was like, I actually, uh, okay, I'll go ahead and say it. I did that. I watched in an, an, another five, ten minutes of it and then I stopped it and I took my glasses off and I just took a nap <laughs> <laughs> and like I was resting my eyes and it was like, I think I slept for maybe a half hour or so and then I got up and I was like, I started to play it again. I was like, N- no, I'm going to call it. I'm just going to go to bed. Yeah. So I went to bed and then the next day, like I kind of mentally prepared myself, got some coffee, um, <laughs> and then I was going to resume it, but I was I'm just going to start over because I'm only like 20 minutes into this fucking movie. Right. Um, but let me, before I get into my actual thoughts and on the finished product and everything, let me kind of circle circle back and talk more about my feelings about it in that moment. Because like I said, it adapts the most, a majority of the events in the f- in the novella into about 17 minutes and change of the, of the movie the first 17 minutes and change. wow yeah just about like there are some things that come up later and everything but yeah. um but for the most part a majority of the novellas contain in the 17 minutes and i kind of i didn't have a problem with that particular thing in general but uh my neighbors um, <laughs> but um what I struggled with was that, like I made this kind of uh snarky anecdote that like it's funny that um I'm sitting there watching a movie in which people are lost in are completely lost without a sense of direction or time, <laughs> and I literally felt like I just watched two hours of a movie that's I spent seventeen minutes with <laughs> um like it just it felt like long, and yeah, when I say that, it's not like it's not like they did the story justice in those 17 minutes, because like you said, I didn't really get a grip on who Cal and Becky were Mm -hmm. in that opening scene. I think that that's one of the big failings of the movie in the end is that I like, there are somewhat throwaway lines about how like, okay, well let's go back and, and, uh you know maybe mom and dad are right and like that that just establishes that they're not a couple that they're brother and sister and yeah. it's like there's not really that much information like i i don't i feel like there could have been so much more like they could have even what w- i would have been okay with even a uh just an exposition dump of dialogue between the two as they drove yeah up um like that, and I probably would be complaining about that <laughs> if we'd gotten that, but it's better than this, because there was, like, nothing. Yeah. Um. But what... I, yeah. So, I called it a night, and then the next day I watched it, and I've got to say, I really got more into it that second time. Um. And I actually ended up really enjoying it for some uh, <clears throat> reasons that we'll talk about soon, but I really enjoyed the movie. Um. I agree with you. The direction and the cinematography, and just the camera movement, was amazing. Um, yeah, there are some shots that feel like it. It reminds me of some of the more grotesque and unsettling parts of that I saw of like Hannibal when I watched the show. Okay, um, like just these ethereal kind of moments. Like there's like a uh, Becky kind of faints and we're brought into like her like this like weird like other world like thing where she's like it's like blood everywhere and just like it's like she is in like ambiotic, ambiotic fluid uh it's like it's like she's like her fainting is putting her in like a womb type environment Mm. um visually it's just it's it's phenomenal it's incredible yeah um and in fact it kind of makes me want him to do something in the dark tower universe (laughs) oh yeah i think that'd be pretty cool Mm -hmm. um but yeah those things were cool um i thought the concept like there's some probably the best thing about this movie for me as an adaptation of a novella that i really enjoyed and as just a movie in general is that it really expands upon the actual like tall grass like there are things included into the mythology of the tall grass that just make it all the more interesting and petrifying to me um how did you feel about the kind of the threat of the tall grass itself and the way it was depicted
2: it was pretty scary and, and like i said i think it translated better in the movie because you know there's this sense of, of desperation because there's no food there's no water mm-hmm. and you don't even know how long you've been in there yeah. and so it's it's just 100 percent disorienting and it just feels like there's no solution and it's it's like it's like you're completely isolated it's almost like being on a being on a desert island where you can just walk and not see the same thing twice or something Mm -hmm. like it's it's this giant open field but it's like you're completely isolated Mm -hmm. and that was that that's difficult to achieve um but they did that really well in the movie Mm -hmm. um and i think i think the performances were were fine Mm -hmm. um like i was not familiar with the the three kind of main characters, mm-hmm. uh, well, there's, I guess there's like five main characters really, but, yeah. um, everybody, everybody besides Patrick Wilson I wasn't right. familiar with, but, uh, <laughs> but they did, they all did pr- pretty okay, like I don't have an issue with them, um, but I think, I think their disorientation was acted out pretty well. I agree and like that's that's one of the things that I found so unnerving about it, which is the mm-hmm. fact that well i 'm just going to sit here and slowly starve and and die of thirst and mm-hmm. but then they you know they run into each other or they come together and it, like this person i don't know it's just it's like the the, the timing is so weird mm-hmm. the 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 ti- you know everyone's experiencing different timelines and and some people have been in there for what it feels like a few days but this person left a month ago or whatever and it's like that just makes it even more confusing and disorienting and just i would be completely hopeless you know i would just be like well i'm just gonna sit down and die
1: yeah (laughs) and that that element of it the kind of weird time dilation the timelines and everything That, and I'm so glad you made the comparison of being on a deserted island because I got such a, like, late season lost vibe. Oh, yeah, definitely. um, Off of this, and I was all about that. Yeah. Um, the idea, like, there are some ideas that are presented in this and that are achieved visually that I just thought was really a a very smart decision. Like, Mm -hmm. the idea of them being, like, them entering into. Uh, the into the tall grass is kind of like entering into this weird like outside of time realm that right. is like like characters are like saying like oh wait you don't remember me because you know you like the way that the timelines kind of fold onto each other like characters go into the tall grass because characters that they haven't met yet. And haven't entered into the tall grass, have lured them into the tall grass. Right. It's so trippy and well executed, in my opinion.
2: But f- you can follow it. You fo- you're able yeah. to follow it somehow.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And I, I thought that that was such a because it's not that's not in the novella. Right. And I thought that was such a clever idea and and so interesting. Yeah. And you get into, um, you get into weird time time lapses it's it's almost like a time travel movie without yeah without actual like being like a time travel device right but you get into like things where like okay well you know i saw this thing that hasn't happened yet because this person hasn't become a dorian psychopath yet <laughs> um and it's just it's so fun and just really really intense for me i, I really enjoyed that aspect of it um and slash but um, <laughs> the introduction of, uh, I mean, <laughs> he's introduced like 20, up, 20 minutes into the movie, so uh, it's okay. <laughs> the introduction of Travis as a character. Yeah. um He's not present in the novella. Um, right. And I kind of, I had a weird, like, struggle with that. Because, like, he's the boyfriend of, of Becky and he is basically going after them to find them because they've been lost. And then he gets, into the, wo- gets into, the, into the grass and then hilarity ensues. Yeah, But I had some issues with it at first because I was like, dude, like the, the hour and 45 minutes I spend with the audiobook of the novella is quick and brisk and entertaining for me. And I was like, dude, you really need to expand it by having this character that's not in the novella, like have him have a whole arc when you haven't even really properly established the brother and sister dynamic. Um, at this point, I just felt like it was just, it was a little too much for me. Yeah. Um, but when I restarted it the next day and I was watching it, I was kind of, I kind of divorced myself from the novella and I kind of really, uh, thought his arc was it was interesting um to to say the least i agree yeah yeah
2: he really brought it around mm-hmm. um and he uh he reminded me so much of like a poor man sebastian stan
1: oh yeah oh wow
2: like r- like really a lot
1: huh. <laughs> that is, wow i did not make that connection but yeah. i totally like absolutely mm-hmm. like i'm not even looking at like his picture or anything <laughs> um yeah it's like like i just memory it's like that kind of blew my mind Mm -hmm. um yeah and i thought like he he has the three of them the brother and sister and him they have a very interesting and unique arc the three of them and i liked the drama that came about from that and i really liked how much it pushed it um Kind of in the in the second half of the of the movie, like there are some things that in the in the novella are kind of not unsaid but aren't touched on, but like the movie kind of really go like pushes it in regards to this kind of protective kind of relationship that Cal has with his sister, and like they kind of push it a little bit. And I was I was kind of all for it because it's it's kind of like it's just a, it's a unique piece of character development and drama that comes out of that i agree um yeah uh so w- we should probably dive into spoilers yeah <laughs> um so before we do that overall thoughts i saw on letterbox that you rated this do you want to share what you rated it or i don't even remember uh, two and a half i think two and a half yep yeah two and a half stars yeah um is it gonna make your top 10 <laughs> no <laughs> yeah um probably won't make mine I did give it a rating on letterbox letterboxed of three stars and a heart. Um I really enjoyed it. Um there were some things that didn't work which I'll talk about in spoilers uh in more depth, but overall I I actually thought it was a very solid Stephen King adaptation. Sweet. Okay, we're going to go into spoilers now. So here's another clip from the trailer, um, or maybe some music, I don't know. But uh, here that is, and then when we get back, we're going to go into spoilers for In the Tall Grass.
2: My boy, he's lost in here, too.
0: This is nuts!
2: It's only a field.
0: What's happening? He went the other
1: way! <laughs> Natalie! I'm never going to find her.
0: You can find things, but it's easier once they're dead.
1: So tiny. Yeesh. I want to start off by talking about the bowling alley. Um, when they get to the roof, as as they're being chased by Ross, mm-hmm. um, they get to the roof, like that's the one moment where I was like, they ran out of money. Because <laughs> um, it looked bad. Like, it looked like like I was watching it, like the green screen effect and everything of it. Yeah. Like I was, like I was, and maybe because it was a roof and everything, I just kept thinking of the room. Um, like it wasn't that bad, but yeah. like the movie, The Room, the Tommy Wiseau movie. Yeah. But like it wasn't much better. Right. Uh, just visually, it just like color was off, and it just it looked like a green screen. It did. It it kind of looked it looked terrible.
2: Yeah. Um. They got away with it because it was also at night. Yeah. And so it wasn't as stark mm-hmm. uh, as blatant. But yeah, it definitely felt like a green screen. You weren't sitting there thinking like, oh, where'd they film this? Like, right. And they filmed it on a fucking back lot somewhere. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I did like the inclusion of the alley, And that was a good, like, kind of uh, gave, gave a nice, like, respite to the tension a little bit. And that's also where we're given a lot of character development between Travis and Cal and Becky. How did you feel about the kind of allegations of, like, like I, I was like, oh, shit, when Travis was like, well, you've got this whole husband complex over over your sister, and yeah. it's probably the next best thing of fucking her or something like that. Right. Um, How would you feel about that?
2: I liked it because it actually gave a lot more depth to the, all the characters, yeah. <laughs> and it was kind of a an aspect of the movie that I thought was a lot more prevalent than in the book. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, I'm not, I can't say definitively that Cal did have those feelings for his sister, but, like, Mm -hmm. I feel like he was kind of going a little too far, maybe, or, like, maybe he did have some kind of, like, why was he going to such extreme lengths to help his sister, and I don't know, like, it, it just seemed a little, um
1: too overprotective
2: something like that yeah yeah but i mean i I can't definitively say that it was this or that but uh but it was it was a it was a fun part of it was a fun accusation to explore or like kind of it was it was like oh shit he just said that like damn (laughs) um it was it was fun it was a good conflict i agree it was a good conflict yeah
1: um. And he said it in front of a child, which is kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um,
2: well, he's about to die, so
1: yeah. Well, um, so in the actual bowling alley, when they get to the roof and everything, they did this. I felt this was a a bit of a contrivance, and I I felt like it could have been handled a lot better. But the whole thing of uh, I'm laughing when I say this, but Travis, uh, like losing his grip on the on Mm -hmm. the railing or whatever the uh, sign yeah and then cal not pushing him but not helping him uh to fall to what could have been what by cal's estimation his death right um i felt like that was just a in theory i like it as an idea but it just wasn't executed properly like i felt just so uh, ham fisted for me,
2: yeah. It's like, what do you think that was, gonna, that was gonna kill him? It's like 20, yeah, it's yeah. not even 20 feet. It's <laughs> <Exactly>. like,
1: <laughs> it's like, it's 20 feet. Also, yeah. what are you gonna tell your sister, right? Um, and then, like, I it was just, and then, like, after that, he, like, uh, Becky's like, Where's Travis? And he's like, Oh, he's behind us. And I like, Yeah, or, like, it's like, it's how not, dumb is
2: she? <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs>
2: like, he thinks she's a moron, and right? she actually is because she's like going along with us right now, yeah. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, he's probably gonna break his leg or like, you know, get knocked unconscious, but he's probably not gonna die, dude. You're kinda seeing a flaw in your plan there, (laughs) buddy. Yeah, that was that was silly.
1: It was it was pretty pretty dumb. Um and I did I I did like how uh there was a bit of hope with that uh when when the dog when they see the dog and everything. Right. Although, and, and this is where it gets kind of muddled for me, it's like, they also, they saw that the dog was dead at another time in the timeline, but I guess that that tracks because it's kind of like different timelines running concurrently, because yeah. this, this is where it got kind of confusing in the end, because mm-hmm. the kid Tobin is talking about how, like, oh, my dad's just going to kill us over and over and over again, and it's like I feel like it visually didn't communicate that it didn't communicate that they're in a time loop. Yeah. For me it just felt like they were just experiencing times at a time in a different like right. perspective. Right. Everybody dies once, but yeah. you're
2: experiencing different parts of your yeah. the end of your life at different moments. Yeah. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Although there was that really creepy yeah. scene where I think Cal gets tackled by uh, Patrick Wilson and he mm-hmm. looks over and sees his body. And then he sees, like, several versions of his body. That's
1: what that, that's what that was. Yeah.
2: I thought that okay. was, like, super well done. It I, was creepy as shit.
1: Honestly, I did not pick up on that being different oh, really? versions of Cal's body. I thought that, that was just dead people. <laughs> no, I'm pretty that sure makes that... makes it more... Okay, that, yeah. that is the visual communication that I missed of, mm. the, of being an Endless Loop. Um, I'll have to revisit that, because that, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, What did you think of the Black Rock?
2: Yeah, the rock was... Yeah, it was creepy. Like I said, it was it was a good set. Like in the clearing with, uh, the the cloudy, moonlit sky up above mm-hmm. was was just a really cool set. I liked that the way it was visually represented. Um, yeah, not much else to say about it really. In the book, there weren't like carvings on it, were there?
1: Um, I don't remember. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember either.
2: I almost would have preferred it to just be a blank rock yeah without me too. carvings on it um and the whole like like tribe that seemed to come out of the grass and do whatever i don't know if that was a hallucination or if that was a real thing that 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 was mm-hmm. it it was visually effective it was yeah. you know it, it was scary especially where they kind of pick up becky and like carry her off into the grass that was like yes particularly scary and well done but it just seemed a little like okay, is this real? Is this a hallucination? I don't know what's going on. Yeah, like, it, are those people an extension of the rock? What's, mm. what's, do they just chill in the grass? Like, I don't know what's going on.
1: I I got that feeling too. Like, I, I got that confusion as well. I didn't, I
2: didn't even dislike it. It was yeah. just a little confusing.
1: I wish it would have been more, more clear and, or just omitted entirely. Like, yeah. I didn't. As visually appealing as that was, I didn't need it when we have, like, Patrick Wilson going crazy. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that is enough of a threat. That and the disorientation are enough of a threat that... Totally. Yeah, but one of the... Man, I I probably should have rewatched the movie also, but one of the things from the novella that I was... Should we? L- I'm gonna go ahead and spoil the novella. Yeah, go, so, go nuts. Um, so yeah. So fair warning to everyone listening: if you haven't read or listened to the novella, uh, you know, stop listening and go check it out. Um, but the part in in countdown five four three two one spoilers on for the novella as well as the movie. Um. So the part in the novella that had my mouth just gaping open like an idiot at work was. When Becky is disoriented, she's kind of fading in and out of consciousness. Um, it's at, and then Cal comes up and she sees, she wakes up and sees Cal and Tobin, um, after Cal has touched the rock. Um, and like there's, there's one line that just sticks out to me that says that, uh, oh, this is, she's disoriented because she just gave birth. And she says that, uh, like the narration is that like she saw, uh, she saw Cal holding a doll's leg or something, and it was confusing. And then, uh, and then she blinks out, and then comes back, and then, uh, he's like, "Here, eat this. You need to eat." And then she's like, "It tastes salty, and just it, it was delicious, but all that." And then, like, you slowly realize, like, they just fucking ate her baby. Yeah, like they just ate her newborn baby. Right. <laughs> and like, I was like, I was gobsmacked by that. I was like, "Holy." Fuck, that is an, that is intense and that's insane. That's on another level. Yeah. And I feel like the novella kind of maybe doesn't walk it back, but it, it leaves on a bit of ambiguity that it's like, it's confusing. Yeah. Um, it's like, like she is realizing that that's possible, but she's also disoriented. So, um, and like Cal says, like, no, we didn't eat the baby. We ate grass and everything. Right. Um, but, my headcanon is that they ate the fucking baby. Yeah, definitely. Um and so they do something like that in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's just as disorienting and everything. But the actual ending of the movie felt too safe. Um too happy. Like yeah. I, I would have rather have had the bleak ass ending of the of the novella rather than this kind of happy like oh i'm gonna sacrifice myself for the grass so that uh my my child and uh the and my girlfriend and her uh weird possessive brother can live happily ever after (laughs) like it just felt too clean yeah um but i i just i love that about the novella and i'm glad that they at least touched on it in the in the movie Mm -hmm. um any thoughts on that? And if not, how did you feel about Patrick Wilson's kind of transformation into a monster?
2: Um, not really any feelings on that, but yeah, okay. but like Patrick Wilson, it, that, that was kind of the beauty of his performance was the transition. He mm-hmm. seems very, you know, kind of normal, run of the mill, kind of straight, straight guy, you know, mm-hmm. just, just every man kind of guy. And then it's, it's kind of slowly peeled back how crazy he is. And then he goes full, he goes full ham on the, on the craziness. Um, right. but th- he, he did a good job in this movie. Mm-hmm. And, and that was one of the better parts of it. Kind of that slow burn where he transitioned into just being full, full zealot for the, for the rock or whatever. That was well done. And I, yeah, yeah I mean, he, I think, like you said, he was the standout. Um, I thought the Travis guy was a little, uh, a little hammy. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. He was a little bit. uh... Yeah.
2: Of the rest of the cast, I think Becky was the best. Uh, I forget her name. I
1: think so too. Yeah, her name's it's really hard to pronounce. Complicated
2: name. Yeah. Don't make me. She was fine. I don't have, I didn't have anything against her, but mm-hmm. everyone else was just a little, a little hammy.
1: Yeah. Uh, Lasla de Oliviera. Okay. Um, yeah, I think she did. She did a really good, uh, really good job. Yeah. Um. The yeah, I don't know what else. Yeah, I don't. yeah, have we talked it out? Do we have anything? I, yeah, I mean, I think I'm I'm
2: pretty much much done with it for okay. my, myself.
1: Um, is it something that you foresee ever like revisiting?
2: Probably not. Yeah, probably
1: not. Okay. Um, in regards to recent Stephen King Netflix stuff, um. How does this compare to you with, say, 1922 or Gerald's game?
2: Uh, of the three, this is in third place. Oh, interesting. Um, okay, I think uh, Gerald's game is probably the better, the best of the three. Mm-hmm. Followed, I I liked 1922 a little better than you did. I think. Yeah,
1: um, <laughs> I think because <laughs> I ha- I don't remember hardly anything really about it. Yeah, um, and I just I just quote-unquote upgraded my <laughs> full Dark No Stars uh, <laughs> collection because uh, I, I had the hardback for the longest time, but I kind of want a more uniform collection, so I got the paperback. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to give the hardback to my mom. Gotcha. Um, unless you want it, Do you want to take a book from my mom? I'm good. No, okay, you can. cool. Let Sandy uh, have it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so uh, I, I'll read it eventually, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know where I was going with that. I don't remember anything about anything per se about the about the movie. So that's third for me. But I would say that Gerald's game is probably better than this. Uh, but a uh, respectable number two for in the tall grass of those three.
2: Gotcha. I, I loved uh, Natalia. Like, I think he was mm-hmm. that he was the standout as well as Patrick Wilson. Like I, I wasn't yeah. especially familiar with his work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was he's he's good. I yeah, mean, he's got some chops. Just
1: some of the visuals and like yeah there are like transition scenes where it, the camera like zooms in on like a blade of grass with like a like a dew drop yeah that and like as the dew drop is like descending down the blade of grass like mm-hmm. the camera's spinning around and it meets with another drop of of dew it's just it just like visually just it looks incredible
2: yeah very detailed
1: yeah, yeah. um and also just the way that the visually is communicated, the disorientation of the, of the field, of the grass, mm-hmm. like things like, I think Travis, like in one continuous shot, Travis, uh, walking and then looking up at the sky and then walking and then looking back up and the sun is in, in a completely different area right. than, of the sky. Um, just like little things like that are just so, just say so much about the disorientation Mm -hmm. of the uh, characters yeah Yeah. agreed yep uh so yeah i guess that'll do it for this review of in the tall grass um are you gonna pick up full throttle from joe hill uh
2: i don't know um
1: have you read any joe hill
2: i don't remember
1: I, I wouldn't think, say that you read Horns. I
2: think I read Horns. I don't hmm. remember it, and I think I even remember. I think, yeah, I, I read it, okay. but I just don't remember it that well. Okay, but I do remember thinking it was it was a pretty solid book, and I okay. actually liked it kind of. Um, and then there was the Daniel Radcliffe movie. Yeah, it was a little goofy. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I, I don't know, I. I'm hesitant to get into the work of another author. I guess. Yeah. I don't know why. That's I'll not really it. fair. But um, <laughs> what's that?
1: I'll assign it to you. Okay. Um, no, I and like I just I was hesitant to get into his stuff because like I always had this idea in my head that like okay I'll read all of Stephen King's stuff when yeah. I have no other Stephen King stuff to read I'll go on to Joe Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of blew my wad on that, <laughs> but um. But I will say, as I said before, 20th Century Ghost has a lot of good stuff in it. It's a very eclectic mix of short stories, okay. um, ranging from scare, like outright scary, um, like like kind of a, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, like a very um, uh, intense scary, mm. there's body horror scary, like, th- like there's a whole story... <sighs> A, car- a guy wakes up and he's turned into a, a like human-sized cockroach. Oh! And the, just the description, like it's it's so descriptive. It's just it's gross. Um, <laughs> nice. um There's there are other stories like like very also like charming stories like a uh, a story about like a like a ten-year-old who becomes best friends with a classmate who is literally a like. <laughs> To both him and to everyone else in the world, he is a I don't even know how like he's like a not a doll, but like he's a life-size, like plush doll. Hmm. And like that, like it's just normal. Weird. It's, it's so weird, but it's endearing and everything. It's it's a really good collection. Yeah. Um and then Heart Shaped Box is Solid. Um a lot of people love it and I I won't disparage them at all. Um I will say <laughs> the main character's name is one of the coolest names. Uh <laughs> he's a he's a former rock star. His name is Judas Coyne. Uh, that's um, cool, yeah. And I'm just like, that's that's a cool fucking name. Totally. <laughs> um but there's some there's some good stuff in, in Hard Shaped Box, but um I'll probably read more Joe Hill and everything. I'm very curious about the fireman. Okay. Um do you know anything about that? No. It's, uh, from what I understand, it's about a worldwide epidemic where either people or structures or both just spontaneously combust into flames. Hmm. It's like a spread of a disease where just, you know, people just burn, burn up. Wow. So I'm very intrigued by that. So, yeah. um, next time on the podcast, I think we're going to do the Institute. Yep. And then the Shining, the Shining, Dr. Sleep, Dr. Sleep. <laughs> and then more stuff to come. Um, Having said that, is there anything else that we need to cover? I don't think so. Alright, well that'll do it for this episode of Tower Junkies. Thank you guys so much for listening and everything. If you want to hear more content from us, check out our other shows, Obsessive Viewer and Anthology. Um Obsessive Viewer, we are about to start covering Heartland Film Festival which is a great international independent film festival here in Indianapolis. I'm um, hoping to have a lot of content over on Obsessive Viewer about that, both written and audio um, and stuff on the Patreon. So, um if you guys are into that check that out because i'm i'm really proud of the work that we do around heartland and then also i mean it's giving you know a spotlight to filmmakers and projects that aren't mainstream and like there's a chance that you know no one will ever be able to see these movies outside of the festival circuit so it's it's great to just hear about passionate people yep. um talking about their their passions um, yeah. And then also, finally, check out Patreon if you want to support us. Uh, Patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. One dollar gets you access to an RSS feed that has content recorded specifically for Patreon. And five dollars and above gets you access to both the RSS feed and, uh, videos that, uh, we record after we see movies. Um, it's entertaining. It's fun hope you guys do that and support us as well also on that note i did change the patreon thing <laughs> slightly so like it used to be that people could just pledge their dollar amount and then they would be charged at the beginning of the month like mm-hmm. new patrons would do that and then now that we've got more content out there like someone could have just gone and be like oh i'll pledge five dollars and then get access to the rss feed oh, okay. and everything and then they wouldn't charge until the beginning of the month which i just i want people to check it out and everything but uh i made that change where like now they were now they'll be charged immediately so if you do join patreon i do recommend doing that like kind of at the beginning of the month otherwise Mm. you'll be charged again at the beginning of the month but anyway there's a lot of content there we're really proud of it and uh, we think you guys will enjoy it okay so that'll do it for this episode of tower junkies thank you guys so much for listening and long days and pleasant nights and may you
2: have twice the number
1: And now, here's a short clip from our Patreon exclusive RSS feed. To hear the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content, go to patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of $1 per month. Thank you and enjoy. Uh, here on the casting couch, I have Tiny. Casting couch. Um, so, <laughs> uh, Tiny, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so you've got a 40 weekend coming up. Yeah, I'm 32 um, years old. Nice. Wait, what? Because casting couch. Oh, yes. 32. Yes. Uh, are you sure you didn't just turn 18? <laughs> yeah. um. I should say I'm like
2: 21, even though I'm 18, even though I'm
1: 32. Um.
0: <laughs> Porn. Yes. Tower Junkies is edited and produced by Matt Hurt and presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. For a full archive of our episodes, go to TowerJunkiesPod.com slash archive. You can also like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash tower pod, and follow us on Twitter at Tower Junkies Pod. If you enjoy the show, please take a couple minutes to leave us a rating and a quick review on Apple Podcasts. This is the easiest way to support what we do, and all it costs is just a little bit of your time. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a PayPal donation at towerjunkiespod.com slash donate or support us on Patreon for recurring donations and access to commentary tracks and B-roll audio recorded exclusively for patrons at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more, visit our Tee Public store. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at ObsessiveViewer.com slash donate, or you can simply search for ObsessiveViewer at tpublic.com. For information about our annual live event showcasing short horror films from local filmmakers, check out ShocktoberinIrvington.com. And for an archive of all our events, as well as news about potential future events, head over to ObsessiveViewer.com slash live. For more podcast content, you can find our flagship movie and TV review and discussion show, The Obsessive Viewer Podcast, at obsessiveviewer.com, and on Twitter, at obsessiveviewer. You can also find Anthology, Matt's solo podcast covering The Twilight Zone, and other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows at anthologypod.com and ovanthologypod on Twitter. And finally, check out The Secular Perspective tiny side project podcast which tackles current events and life's big questions from the perspective of secular hosts chad and amanda at the perspective.com music for the podcast is provided with permission from fingers t on youtube additional bumper music is provided courtesy of as good as it gets which can be found at facebook.com slash as good as it gets banned. thank you so much for listening long days and pleasant nights Kitty!